Unveiling the Power of Hypnosis, an exclusive interview with Melissa Dealey. Join us on the Wellness Driven Life Show as we delve into the captivating world of hypnosis with renowned expert Melissa Dealey. In this thought-provoking interview, we explore the intricacies of hypnosis, demystifying common misconceptions, and shedding light on its profound potential for personal transformation. Melissa Dealey is a respected authority on hypnosis, and she will share her extensive knowledge and experience unraveling the mysteries surrounding this often misunderstood practice. Discover how hypnosis can effectively empower individuals to overcome challenges, break free from limiting beliefs, and tap into their inner potential. During this in-depth discussion, you'll gain valuable insights into the science behind hypnosis, its therapeutic applications, and the remarkable ways it can unlock mind-body connection. Melissa will also address common concerns and misconceptions separating fact from fiction to provide a comprehensive understanding of this powerful tool for positive change. If you've ever been curious about the true nature of hypnosis and its potential to enhance your well-being, this interview is a must-watch. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. I'm very pleased to introduce our guest on the show today. Now, we have had this guest on before, so this is another topic that she specializes in. She's so full of wisdom and knowledge on so many spectrums when it comes to our overall wellness. Now, Melissa Dealey is a determined individual faced a melanoma diagnosis, the same disease that took her father's life. Despite the challenges, she remained confident and determined to overcome the disease with support and a positive mindset. 
Melissa identified the connection between negative habits and her health, leading to personal growth. After losing her job, she discovered a brain supplementation company and sought help from mentors to detox her life. Her daughter's concoctions further motivated her to assist others in their healing journeys. Unable to get insurance for a holistic clinic, Melissa became a health coach, passionate about sharing the importance of diet, lifestyle choices, and detoxing for healing. Today, she lives a vibrant life and supports others in their wellness journey to include the topic of today, the power of hypnosis. Please help me welcome Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, April. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. My pleasure. I'm excited for you to be here as well as we dive deeper into hypnosis. Now, let's get started right away. Unless you think that you need to shed a little more light on your background before we jump in, what brought you to be interested in hypnosis and that subject and to even start you know, practicing it yourself to help others? Well, it's interesting. Ever since I got into health and wellness, I just realized there is so much to learn. And I was at a conference about six years ago now, where the speaker said, we are all put on this planet to find our purpose or passion, be of service and never stop learning. And that mm. really resonated with me. And I'm on that journey. And I live all three of those every single day. And so I signed up after I got my health coaching certification, I then went on to become an integrative health practitioner and work with functional medicine labs. And that's when I developed my detox programs. And from there, I realized, you know, there's still something more besides the physical body that I need to be addressing with my clients. There were some clients who did great with just working with the physical body, but there were some that would, you know, move forward and then get stuck. And it was like, what is getting them stuck? And I realized mm -hmm. that's where we were getting into emotions and limiting beliefs, et cetera. And I learned we actually have not only a physical body, but an emotional body, a mental body, and a spiritual body. And we need to address all of these bodies in order to have true and lasting healing. And so I signed up for a course that was a mind-body health practitioner training. And I thought I was signing up for NLP within that course, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and something called Timeline Therapy, which is a form of hypnotherapy, although I didn't realize that at the time when I signed up. And it included hypnotherapy, which I knew absolutely nothing about. I'd never been to a hypnosis stage show. I had had somebody uh, hypnotize me once. However, in that experience, I walked away believing that it hadn't actually worked. And I can talk mm -hmm. more about that later. And so my main focus of this training was the NLP tools. And I was interested in learning about the timeline therapy. Well, when I got to the end of that training, I had fallen in love with hypnotherapy because I realized how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely zero side effects. And I also understood why I felt that it hadn't worked for me the one time I had tried to be hypnotized and what had happened that day that culminated in all of that and how I set my clients up for success and do things very differently to how that practitioner worked with me that particular day. And so then I went on to get my master practitioner in hypnotherapy and ultimately my teacher trainer 
designation in hypnotherapy because it is just so powerful. And if I want to have bigger impact in the world, and my dream is to get rid of all chronic illness and just help mm. heal the world. And I am in a much better position to be able to do that and have impact if I am training others to be able to use these tools to work with their clients because their clients will get results much more quickly and be thrilled with those results. Once taught, twice learned. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And you definitely have that well-rounded picture of wellness. I like to say wellness is under this massive umbrella because there's all of these different buckets, but put in the most simplistic terms, like you said, it's the mind, the body, the spirit, but that the, the body aspect where we're detoxing in on and around our body. But then we come to the emotional level, you know, when we talk about stress as being the number one killer, right? And what, what our thoughts are doing and then the spirit. And so then we start talking about the subconscious level, which is really what hypnosis starts tapping into. Absolutely. And I actually like to call it the unconscious. And the reason for that is our unconscious mind is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's in fact, makes up 90% of our mind. And so sub has that, you know, Latin meaning of being less than or lower than. And I don't want people to ever think of their unconscious mind as being less than or lower than their conscious mind. So that's why I choose to call it the unconscious mind, although they are one in the same. Okay. I didn't know that actually, believe it or not, but I love how you describe that, how you don't want to lessen it because it is this really beautiful, massive piece that makes us up. Exactly. And bigger than we know, (laughs) bigger than we know. Right. And through our school system, we're really taught the tools of our conscious mind Mm. and our conscious mind is everybody listening, I'm sure knows is responsible for, you know, our logical thinking, our problem solving, it's our goal setter, right? Mm -hmm. And it's where at school, we're taught that's where we learn, which isn't actually correct. Because all learning, all behavior, all change happens in the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And the unconscious mind is in charge of your goal getting. So once the conscious mind sets the goal, the unconscious mind then then wants to go get the resources to help you achieve that goal. It's also in charge of storing all of your memories. Mm. So it will store them. I like to think of it as a filing cabinet inside my head where every single event is stored in order. And it's there available for the conscious mind to access later And on top of the storage of every single experience we've ever had, the unconscious mind will suppress any traumatic event until such time that it deems it safe for the conscious mind to be able to resolve. Right. Yeah. And yet the body can still act in accordance to that memory bank because it's all stored there. Right. And I think that's a really great way to put it. It's almost like if you, if we think of ourselves as computers or like we have a bunch of apps on our telephones, so telephones, (laughs) 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 you can see what day and age I'm from. Uh, So, but if we can all relate and understand what an app does and what a computer does. And if we think of the same thing as our mind, The beautiful thing about it is that we're in charge of that programming. We are. 
We absolutely are. And I love that analogy because it's an, an analogy I use all the time. And so I'm going to tie mine in, which is that between the ages of zero to six, seven, eight, nine, we are literally uh, born as the hardware. And then during those ages, the software is download, 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 download. So that's when we're installing all of our apps, so to speak, mm -hmm. as we learn how to live within a family, within a community, the rules of school, et cetera, et cetera. And after the age of about nine, we really don't download a whole lot more software because our unconscious mind is very smart. It likes to conserve energy. Once it's figured out a strategy to achieve something, it will keep repeating that strategy because it does what works. So you have strategies for buying, strategies for relationships, strategies for getting through your homework at school. You have strategies for all areas of your life. And once the unconscious mind's figured out what works for you, it will just keep repeating that. And so you get into adulthood and at some point you get stuck and you don't know why you're stuck. And what we do with our NLP, our timeline therapy and our hypnotherapy tools is those are all tools of the unconscious mind. We can go in and change that strategy for you so that it works for you as an adult and you don't have to keep running your life based on your inner five-year-old. Because your mm -hmm. inner five-year-old really isn't qualified to run your adult life. It, yet, the inner five-year-old is not qualified. I agree with that. <laughs> right? But that's what's happening because we're yeah. not taught this through our school system. I truly wish we were. I truly wish more of this information was taught to elementary school students. Because I think it's happening, Melissa. As, as we continue to learn more, talk more. Um, for example, Time Magazine issued an article about hypnosis back in uh, April of uh, 2022. And so that's mm -hmm. fairly recent, but it was yeah. the, uh, the title of it was how hypnosis works according to science. But my point is, is that we are really starting to branch out and talk about it and educate and the more incredible science that is backing it, where we are able to show the proof and provide that because people want that. They want the real proof. They want the, you know, that it's not just something we can't see or superstitious or, I mean, all of the terms that people could talk about this sort of thing, because it's not, it is very real. It is, it is very powerful. And so let's go in a little bit. I would love for you, Melissa, to talk about, you said that you had had a point where you were hypnotized once and you didn't think that it worked worked. So from my understanding is there's people that are more apt to be hypnotized than others. Is there any tools or techniques that you would know about that you could find out if you are hypnotizable or not? So a couple of things there. I definitely want to answer that question, but I want to go back to something that you said even before you got into the question. And that was about, you know, wondering, is it real because you can't see it, right? And I want to bring that into perspective for people as well. Mm. A large part of what the power of our unconscious mind can do is all about things we can't see. Mm. And I want to invite people to think about that for a minute because you might think, well, if you can't see it, it's not real. And I want to shift that perspective because can you see your Wi-Fi? It's real though. You use your phone every day. Mm. Can you see the microwaves that warm up your food? No, it's real. It warms up your food. Yeah. Can you see the radio waves that you listen to the radio? It's real. You hear the radio, right? 
So just because we can't see it doesn't make it not real. Yeah. Just accessing a different part of what we have available to us in this world that we live in. We are all energy. These are different energy waves. And so I want people to realize that open your mind to the possibilities. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I heard it explained in a really cool way. And everybody gets it in their own way, right? The way that we explain things, it's said differently, but the same thing. But the way that I heard it that was really uh, meaningful and understanding to me was if you think of a TV Mm -hmm. and you you get the the radio waves, the reception, and the TV breaks, and you take that TV away, and you dispose of it, and you bring back a new one, and guess what? It shows the same picture, because it's it's getting the same information. And in the same regard, you can say then that we never die. Because just because the physical and the body is gone doesn't mean that the energy isn't there, that the frequency isn't there anymore. It's always exactly. there. And that's, always that's there. the soul, you know, coming through and coming through different lifetimes. Yeah. And, right? and so for me, that was just a really great way to understand it. Yeah. I love that analogy. Thank you. That's awesome. I'll have to borrow it when I'm sharing <laughs> Yeah. sharing this in, in classes and talking to others because it's a really I, great analogy. I can't remember one of our, um, it, it was said by one of our most um, uh, profound metaphysical leaders we have. And I, and I can't recall, it wasn't Dispenza. It was, but one of the three amigos. Right. So <laughs> I, I can't remember which one I apologize, but That's if people okay. look that up, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so, to come back to your question about are some people more hypnotizable than others? First of all, I would like to let the audience know that every single human being can be hypnotized. End of story. Because every single okay. human being has an unconscious mind, right? Well, that's a very good point. Absolutely. And we are in trance 90% of every single day. Mm-hmm. And hypnotherapy uses trance so every single person already knows how to go into trance and examples of us being in trance are very very common such as if you drive from point a to point b and you get to point b and you don't remember the last 10 minutes of the drive relate to that one oh yeah experience that right you know i like to think of it again sorry to interrupt is kind of like that programming video game analogy so if, if you think about the program as running like it like it would in a video game, mm-hmm. it's just running. Yes. <laughs> it's just the video game of whatever it is that we program it to be. But that's kind mm-hmm. of the way that I think trance is. Is that, does that sound right to you? Well, that's absolutely correct. And I love to ask people, what trance are you running? Mm-hmm. Because we are always running something in the unconscious mind. And because it's in the unconscious mind, we don't stop to get conscious of it until somebody asks that question. Yeah. And so Something are you that running kind of like breaks, breaks the mold or, or disrupts the, the pattern, right? right? We call it a pattern interrupt and then coming to awareness and doing yeah. check-ins with yourself throughout the day as you start to make this habit of coming to awareness of what we call it an internal representation. What internal representation are you running? And basically that's the movie screen 
that's running in the background? And is that, uh, is what's running building you up for success or is it tearing you down? Are you running a trance of great health and success in your business and life and happiness and joy and love and peace? Or are you running a trance of poverty and unhappiness and ill health? And a lot of people are stuck in that trance, unfortunately. But the great news is, is we can change that trance, right? It is is great. Our therapy is we can change it for you. Yeah. And you mentioned something um, like it sounded to me like there's certain stages of hypnosis. And one of the things I thought that you had mentioned, but maybe I'm incorrect, but we can get into that again. I can, can you explain to the audience too, before we dive a little bit deeper into the process of hypnotherapy, but can, can we start with the different types of hypnotherapy or, uh, because I think that so many of us have this misconceptualized aspect of hypnotherapy, right? When we think about it, we're like, oh, somebody going down this time warp and they're going to control me and manipulate me. And there is that, right? And from my understanding, that's called stage hypnotism. And then there's the clinical hypnotism and then there's the self-hypnotism. Am I correct or do you know more? Yes, well, I can elaborate on that. And you asked another question before that I'm going to answer as well. And that was the stages of hypnotism. Mm. And this comes back to the earlier question of um, how easily are people hypnotized? So first of all, every single person can be hypnotized. And secondly, we have light, medium and deep trance. Mm. So 20% of the population, when they're hypnotized, will just go into light trance. 60% will go into medium trance. And the other 20% will go into deep trance. And depending on the depth of the trance depends on what um, type of healing or technique we're going to be doing. For instance, in deep, deep trance, you can do surgery on someone without any kind of anesthesia. That's amazing. And that's what used to happen in the British India war. That's where they figured this out. And when they did this, they improved the mortality rate to... Uh, only 5% of the people dying from surgery instead of 50% because they had nothing before they had this. Now, is that controlling uh, breathing? Like, does it have so much to do with the way that our breathing technique is? It's not so much about breathing. It's about bringing people down and talking to them and having them listen, having them relax into their body. So there is some breathing involved, absolutely. But guiding them on a journey of bringing them deeper and deeper and deeper into trance, which is what the hypnotherapist is trained to do. Mm-hmm. And we do this through another process called fractionation. So that person that only goes into um, light trance initially, if we need to be doing deeper work with them, we'll drop them into light trance and we bring them up. And when we then drop them again, they go back to the lowest level they were at before and go deeper. And then we bring them up and they go back to the lowest level they were at before and they go deeper. And so it can take a bit of time, but we can bring them deeper and deeper down into trance. Mm-hmm. And that's why the surgery by hypnosis never took off as a long-term solution because 
the doctor that developed that in, in India, a British doctor was working in India. He was doing that. And for some people, it might take them 12 hours for him to get them into a deep enough wow. trance to actually do a surgery where they didn't feel any pain. Right. And by that for time, others, you're exhausted to perform a surgery. <laughs> for others, it would be a lot less time. But he was so excited about this. And on the boat on the way back to England, he was all excited to, you know, share these findings with the other doctors in England, etc., and improve the mortality rate of all surgeries. And while he was on the boat on the way back to England, chloroform was developed. And so he never got to share his learning because chloroform, yep, put the rag in the face, you're out. So yeah. he, his, his work was really discarded at that point. But I tell people that now because that's how powerful, powerful. hypnosis is, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that and loop back around there, that somebody who may have been told you can't be hypnotized, that is a limiting belief that a hypnotherapist has put into your mind that we can absolutely undo. And that hypnotherapist is not a well-trained hypnotherapist because they know that everybody can be hypnotized. And the depth of that, of the hypnotherapy requires fractionation for some people, depending where we need to go. Yeah. So. Wow. So yes, we all have an unconscious mind. And in some people will also say to me things like, you know, the Bible says you shouldn't do this. And again, it's interpretation for starters. And secondly, my belief is that if you're using it for good to help someone in a positive way, and if God has given us all an, un an unconscious mind, he would mean for us to use it. Yeah, I feel you're right. It's it would be interpretation. And just like anything else, you know, manipulating something for uh, an evil or negative, you know, or selfish way is not a good thing. Exactly. Uh, you know, so so take that for what it is. But when we can start doing it to really improve and give us our power back mentally, because I think at the very core and the root of hypnosis is that's exactly what it does. It gives people power back over their, their mind. Absolutely. And allows them to get into a place where they, they have absolute belief in their body's ability yeah. to be able to heal. And that mind body connection is so strong so hypnotherapy, the ways we can use it are really unlimited. It's all about behavioral change. And when we're in a health journey, we are trying to change behaviors. And many people fail because they're trying to do it in their conscious mind and using the tools of the conscious mind and getting stuck. And with the conscious mind, the only tool re we really have for behavior change is willpower. And we know willpower isn't lasting because New Year's resolutions, you know, are generally done. Most people have fallen off by the middle of February. Right. Whereas when we use the tools of the unconscious mind, we have so much more available to us because it's the other 90%. And so just some examples, for instance, of how we can be using hypnosis in our healing journey is it can help with improving sleep, pain control, smoking or vaping cessation, weight loss. Eliminating, eliminating procrastination, um, as well as gastrointestinal disorders, depression, anxiety, phobias, surgery recovery, so that you're wow. recovering from surgery more quickly. And the big one, 
stress reduction. And that is so important because stress is the reason for 90% of doctor's visits and 65% of all dis-ease of the body. Although in 2023, I've had a number of doctors tell me it's even higher than that, right? We are a stressed out world and people are A, not realizing how that's negatively impacting their health. And when they are, they don't know what to do about it. And hypnotherapy is a great tool for reducing stress as well as changing behaviors in order to eliminate some of that stress. We're never going to get rid of all of it, but we need to balance it out, right? It truly can do so much. So much. Really because it's bringing you to a state of mind to start rewiring the brain. And the, the hot word, which, which is the scientific terms is that neuroplasticity, Yes, which is taking place when you take the body and the mind into that zone. Um, and, and you can explain it a lot easier than I, but so when we start reprogramming that, uh, subconscious mind, we go into both the alpha and the theta states. And that's where we're going with hypnosis. Is that correct? Where it starts to create that neuroplasticity where it's, it's making things stick that otherwise we're not, like you said, new year's resolutions fall off because that's not happening in the brain. Whereas we can take you there to get you there. Right. It's happening in the conscious mind. It's just not happening in the unconscious mind. And yes, our, our beta waves are the uh, brain waves that we're using as we go about our day, you know, our busy go, go, go brain waves. Right. And then as we start to slow and start to relax, we go through our alpha waves. And as we calm even more, we get into theta and then our sleeping state are our delta waves. And to get to sleep, we naturally move through our theta waves every day. And as we wake up, we come out of them. And again, we can be using them, the alpha and the theta. So the alpha waves are kind of more of that light trance and the theta waves are the deeper trance before sleep. So hypnosis is not sleep. It's more in line with Uh, meditation, somebody who deeply meditates can get into the theta waves as well. However, with hypnosis, what we're doing is we're using that state to be able to give suggestions to the unconscious mind of what we want. Whereas meditation, we're simply calming the body, calming the mind, and perhaps we're tuning in to get answers, but we're not giving suggestions. And so that's the difference is with hypnosis, we're using that trance state to give the unconscious mind the suggestions of what we want. I appreciate so powerful. Yeah, Yeah. I I really appreciate that you bring that up because that was one of my questions for you. Like, what is the difference between hypnosis and meditation? And I think that, like you said, hypnosis is such a unique avenue because it brings you to that very calm state and that hyper-focused and intentional, the suggestive. And so it's combining and marrying both of those things to just make this powerhouse of, of, you know, really being able to take back that power and control for your mind in the best way possible. So that said, when we start going back to the different types of hypnotherapy, where we have the the stage we have the self and we have the clinical can you describe a little bit more about each one of those and the differences and why it may be important for you know to go through a clinical hypnosis where it's guided as opposed to where we can have our um the outside influences which we may not otherwise want 
So yes, I absolutely can. So stage hypnosis is all about entertainment, right? So the hypnotist is wanting to have the participants do funny things in order to create laughs from the audience. That's how you sell tickets. And what hypnosis actually looks like in a self-hypnosis or a clinical hypnosis setting, it looks like this. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. And I don't know about you, but nobody's going to buy a ticket to come and watch 10 people on the stage, <laughs> their head down on their chest while they're in this deep state of trance, right? Mm -hmm. So they ham it up on stage and they have specific tools and techniques in order to be able to do that. And first of all, what they do is they ask who would like to be a volunteer, right? So all the extroverts put up their hands and the introverts don't. Mm -hmm. And then they bring you up on stage and they start running you through a series of silly antics to see who's willing to play along. Ah. And then we have stage hands as well. So they put you into a light trance just to test who's willing to play along. And, you know, the unconscious mind is really is like a toddler. So it uses very, um, it uses a lot of imagery and small words and it loves stories and it loves to play. Right. So, all of the people that are playing along then get another silly antic to do. And the people that didn't play along because it didn't feel safe for their unconscious mind and that the unconscious mind pulled them out of trance, they get quietly walked off the stage and back to their seat, right? Mm. And maybe there's some people that are playing along in the audience and the stagehands might notice that. So then they get brought up, right? And so this is how they narrow down who's willing to play and the hypnotist is paying attention to all of this. So everything that is done on stage in stage hypnosis, that person would be willing to do in their everyday life, perhaps after a few drinks in a bar, but they mm. would do it anyway, right? And the people whose unconscious mind, it didn't feel safe, it snaps them out of trance because if the, the unconscious mind's first priority is to keep you safe. So if you're asked to do something up on stage and your unconscious mind goes, nope, not doing it, it'll wake you up. And then you just won't do it. And then you get walked off the stage. So that's how they get the antics and they choose the right people to play along and have fun so that you have a great night out. Right. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. 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 So, so that then, makes total sense because, you know, the ones that aren't going to play along, they're, they're resisting. And so they don't fall into it. So they weed that out very carefully. Yeah. But you're right. It's just it's just a show. It's and I think that it just has such a bad rap because people have done some awful things historically to others and, and had them go into that trance state where 
sometimes they don't come out of it. So that is, again, using hypnosis for bad, not good. Right. And, and you know, that's bygones be bygones because stage hypnotherapy today is for fun and stage hypnotherapists know what they're doing, right? And you want to make sure, check out the person's background before you go to the show, et cetera. But many of those stage hypnotherapists have had the exact same training I have. And I did, in my training, I also learned stage hypnotherapy and had to put on a stage throw with stage show within my training. So if I see them now or I'm watching it on YouTube, I can totally tell who's done my exact training and who's done other training. But stage hypnotherapy is all about entertainment. Then when we, and it does get a bad rap because the people in the audience that didn't put their hand up, the introverts in particular, they might see someone doing something silly on stage and be mortified Mm -hmm. for that person. But that's them working with their own unconscious filters. There is no way in a million years that person would do that. So as an example, say, uh, one fellow, when the when the hypnotist says a certain word, the fellow takes off his shirt and turns it inside out and puts it back on again. And the fellow doing it on stage could care less. But the person in the audience is like, oh, my God, like he took his sta- his shirt off, you know, in this big audience of people and turned it inside out. Now he's wearing his shirt backwards. For them, that is wrong. That is their own filter. And so they feel like that person has been taken advantage of. What they don't realize is that person would have done it anyway. And that's all been tested in advance up there as the selection process, right? Mm. It's never about the hypnotherapist taking control of someone's mind and making them do things that they don't want to do. It's about finding the people that are more outgoing and are willing to play along in order to create fun for the audience. Yeah. You know, Melissa, one thing I've heard also is sometimes it can you know, when we talk about that inner child or the experiences or traumas that we've had throughout our life that, you know, when we, when we go into that deeper levels of the mind, they can be activated, brought back out. And then we're, we're showing some expressions of that. And so, yes, they absolutely can be activated. And again, with the tools that I use, timeline therapy, which as I said earlier, is a type of hypnotherapy. The intention is not to activate the pain of the trauma. The intention is to get the learning from the trauma. Yeah. Process it differently or, or like we talked about perspective. And so now when we go to those places, we're able to look at it differently. And I think that's, that's a lot of what hypnosis does and say, we, you know, you, you do hypnosis with somebody that's guided a few times, and then you start learning how to do that self hypnosis. But each time you go to that trauma event, we're, we're dealing with it differently in our minds. We're seeing it from a different perspective each time. And then the feelings and the emotions that we first initially had just start to dissipate. And that's the beauty of it. That is the power of these techniques. Absolutely. You've, you've nailed it. And that's why I love them because when I teach this class, I go deeply into the history of hypnotherapy. And one of the things that's interesting is that Freud was initially interested in it Hmm. and he wasn't successful as a hypnotherapist because funny story, he used to chew cocaine leaves 
Well, that rotted his teeth, so all his teeth fell out. And back in the day, when your teeth fell out, you were given wooden teeth. Well, you can imagine that with wooden oh. teeth, you would not be able to speak clearly. And apparently his breath stunk because oh. wooden teeth wouldn't smell very nice, right? <laughs> so I can't even, I mean, well, I can picture this. I have a very vivid imagination. It sounds awful. So, so yeah. He was not successful in able to in being able to bring people down into trance because he couldn't enunciate clearly, right? And so he said- All I can concentrate on is your teeth and your breath, man. <laughs> yeah, and so he said, hypnotherapy is not for me. I'm going to go a different path. I'm going to introduce talk therapy, which will not be for the poor. And it's going to be 600 sessions and he would have the person sit in front of him with their back turned away from him so they wouldn't have to smell his breath as he had them talk through their trauma. Okay. Fascinating, right? Yeah. So that's where talk therapy came from. And that's why Freud went that route and he didn't go the hypnotherapy route, even though he was initially really intrigued by it. So back to clinical hypnotherapy. Clinical hyp hypnotherapy is all about helping someone change behavior mm. for whatever that reason is. It can be, um, you know, done by a doctor. Dentist doctors use this as well, even today, to help with anesthesia, to support anesthesia. Um, it can be done with a therapist, and then it can be done with a hypnotherapist um, that has a designation with the American Board of Hypnotherapy. And that realm is motivation. Well, how many people need help with motivation to do something, to change some behavior, right? That is a massive part of the population. I, I think everyone. Everyone, exactly. Yeah. And so that's where it's done. It's guided one-to-one, -one, working specifically on that individual's desires, goals, dreams, needs, right? And so there's a, you know, depending on the individual, you know, we always do an intake. We want to find out what their desires, dreams are. And we get all of the, you know, do a really deep intake. So we're getting their answers in their words. And then the hypnotherapist has all the creativity and freedom in the world to design what we call the induction, which is bringing someone down into these deeper states of trance and perhaps fractionating them. And then we give the suggestions. And that's where we literally yeah. feed their own words back to them of what they want. Yeah. So, you know, each, each person is so unique with what they mm -hmm. need and desire. And, you know, I, I would imagine that maybe even you come up with some, you know, if somebody comes to you for a specific thing that they want, diving a little deeper, you find out, no, we actually need to address this first, you know, and yes. then we can start working with that. I'm sure that that comes up fairly often. It comes up a lot. And we have a saying in the industry that when someone comes to you, and tells you what their problem is, if they can tell you their problem, that ain't it. <laughs> End of story, right? Yeah. Because they've come up with that consciously. Yeah. And there's something underlying it. And so that's where the intake is so important because the intake is where we, you know, draw out what the underlying root cause is. And if we address the root, that's where we have a powerful shift for someone. Because yeah. when we pull the root, just like with a plant, everything else changes. Right. I was going to say, you know, oftentimes it just, it fixes all other issues because yeah, you've satisfied the one thing. Now, exactly. some people are probably going to want to know how long does it typically take 
You know, what, what, what does that look like? The time period, what is, is, is hypnosis one time? How long does it last? What is that? Again, it really depends on what the person is looking for. But as an example, uh, if someone's looking for weight loss, for instance, I will do that over about five to six sessions because each session we're bringing in another aspect because there's so much to weight loss, right? We need to bring in nutrition learning. We need to bring in exercise learning. We need to bring in sleep and stress management learning. So all of this is included and there's hypnotherapy sessions each session, but there's also learning that goes with that and tasking for them to be between each week, implementing their learning and their new skills. Uh, smoking cessation, that one's pretty quick and easy for most people. It's two sessions. So the first session wow. is me spending quite a bit of time with that individual, just setting them up to be successful with hypnosis. So removing all of their doubt, their fears, their worries about it, mm -hmm. and showing them that they can be hypnotized. So we do a few little um, exercises that literally show them they can be hypnotized. So that when they come to the session, when they will be hypnotized, they already know I can do this, right? That's yeah. setting them up for that mindset. And that first session is all about the intake. So the first session is generally booked as a, a two hour session. And then the next session is generally a one hour session. And then some people may need a touch up after that. Um, but generally it's that easy. Um, pain management, it really depends on the depth of the pain. When someone suffers with chronic pain, I guarantee you, it all ties back to emotion. So we have to address the emotion before we can release the pain. Yeah. Right? So it, a great it what we find reason. there. Yeah. I, so, I always say that, you know, everything with disease and ailments is all tied to emotion. It just yes. shows up in our body, but that's yes. where it stems from. Yes. And what's interesting too, that people may not be aware of is when we connect we have three minds to go with those four bodies that I talked about, right? So we have our higher self, our conscious mind, and our unconscious mind. Mm. So the unconscious mind can communicate with our higher self and back and forth. And the unconscious mind can also communicate with the conscious mind. The higher self and the conscious mind do not communicate directly. It all goes through the conscious mind, mm. uh, the unconscious mind, sorry. The unconscious mind also connects with our emotional body. So our feelings are in our unconscious yeah. The conscious mind connects with our mental body, right? And then our spiritual body connects with our higher self. And our physical body doesn't have a specific connection to the three minds because there's the four bodies, the three minds. However, whenever we have a symptom that shows up in our physical body, it has already moved through the other three bodies, and so we start the healing by addressing the physical body, but we have to go back and clear it in the emotional, the mental and the spiritual body. Because if we don't, what happens is that another year or two down the line, we have another illness show up because we didn't actually address mm. it in the emotional, the mental or the spiritual body. And those bodies are going, hey, hey, I'm sending you more symptoms because you still haven't addressed this. So it sounds to me like it actually takes quite a, a process for us to get to that point where it's showing up physically in our bodies. Yes. And we're largely unaware of it because society has also taught us several things here that are working against us. One, to be tough, suck it up, keep pushing through, right? So we get symptoms and we just think, oh, it's aging. 
You know, I'm supposed to feel worse when I age. I'm supposed to have joint pain, et cetera, et cetera. And we think it's normal and we do nothing and we just keep going in our busy lives. Or we write it off as our genetics. I got bad genes. Or maybe we blame it on allergies, seasonal allergies, right? Whereas to me, whenever we have a symptom, that is your invitation from your body to get curious. Why do I have this? And to start wondering, okay, what's my toxic load? What are my inflammation levels? What's, what are my nutritional deficiencies? And start asking those questions, which we can get the answers to mm. with the right support on the holistic side of wellness. Going to your mainstream medical doctor, they're going to run blood work, but that blood work doesn't assess for those things. Their yeah. blood work is designed to assess for problems so that they can give you a pill to resolve it. Yeah, I like to prevention. Yeah, I and you know, you know, Melissa, I've lived with an autoimmune disease my entire life. And so I have dealt my whole life with that medical field. And now I, I like to say, you know, that's for emergencies, you know, yeah, your legs cut off, you go to the doctor and, you know, but all of the other things, disease included, you know, all of the things where it's not an, an emergent thing where you have to have your life saved now is all a slower process and it's done internally. It's done with you. And, and like you, it starts, you know, it works with the gut, the mind, body, spirit. And so learning all of those things over all the years, I have understood that that's, that's how it works. And that's what we need to do in order to yes. really take care of ourselves. It's that, you know, so we don't get to that level where it's emergent, right? Exactly, exactly. And that comes down to the science of epigenetics now showing that, you know, you talk about the science of hypnotherapy coming out as well. And I'll share some stats with you on that in a second. But with the science of epigenetics, we now know that disease is not triggered by your genes. Even though we were told, if your mother had breast cancer and your grandmother had breast cancer, you're going to get breast cancer right? How many people have heard that? Or your father mm -hmm. had heart disease, so you're going to get heart disease. Well, first yes. of all, and now your mind is going to believe it. Exactly. So <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. First of all, that's setting you up because of the power of our mind. So if you have that program running, if that's the trance you're in, you get more of what you focus on, you can actually make it happen. Mm -hmm. As opposed to you hear a diagnosis like that, you say, no, that's not me. And Manly was telling me earlier about his mom that she would get a diagnosis and say to the doctor, give me two weeks and I'll come back and show you this isn't it, right? So she she's that person saying, no, that's not me. And that's what we can do is I, I hear the stats you're telling me, but I just have to find one person over here that has lived and I just need to do what they did and I can live too. Right. Oh, we have so many stories that of that. Yes, I mean, exactly. Those are exactly. my favorite to bring here on the show to really just shed light, shed proof that we are so powerful beyond our beliefs. And there are millions of people in that testimony, you know, where they they can they can share that. And right. and then you get to relate to that and, and it inspires you. If they can do it, I can do yes. it. And my melanoma, that was me. And I wasn't even in health and wellness then, but I had an inner intuition that was telling me, don't buy into what the doctor's telling you. The doctor told me I had melanoma and wanted me to have, this was a Thursday and wanted me to have surgery on Monday. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, I'm actually supposed to be on a business trip. I need time 
Uh, you know, I can do this after the business trip. I don't need to buy into this fear that I'm feeling from you right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that my body was telling me that just stay calm. Because of course, what does fear do? Fear increases your stress and the stress level then weakens your immune system, right? And I just refused to buy into it. I was like, nope, you're going to be fine. This is all good. And I went home and called the specialist who had actually done the biopsy. And I said to him, my doctor wants me to have surgery on Monday morning to have this removed and was so insistent. It was if I was as, as if I wasn't going to be here on Tuesday, if I didn't do it on Monday, how long do I have? Yeah. And his response was, that is a big surgery that needs to be done by a plastic surgeon, not your family doctor. And don't worry, you have time. You will be at the top of the list because it's urgent, but you can go on your trip because you won't get your surgery next week. Yeah. And I will refer you to the plastic surgeon and we'll do the surgery. And I'm willing to bet it's going to be about three weeks. And it was. You know, that's amazing. And so when, let's just say anybody else gets this horrible, you, you know, diagnosis. And I love what you did where you just said, you said, I had this higher intuition to where mm -hmm. I was listening, where I don't feel that that's right. And then you moved on to get a second opinion yes. now. And there's more and more documentaries coming out and sharing all of the things that maybe would be good steps for people in those situations and getting other opinions, listening to your intuition, just sit with yourself and listen to your body. What does it say? And that in and of itself can be so powerful. And, but not only, you know, a few different opinions, but start reaching out to something outside of your, your normal practice. And so look into, you know, a few naturopaths as well. And, get more than one opinion there too. Yes. Always get more opinions. And first and foremost, maybe listen to yourself. What is your opinion on that, Melissa? Well, I agree with what you're saying. And I love to tell my clients, you are your own best doctor because you've lived in your body your entire life. And so if you go to a doctor and they tell you something that isn't aligning with what your body's telling you, get that second or third opinion. And absolutely, if people get a diagnosis, don't go home and Google everything you can about that disease. Go home and instead start to look at who survived this disease. Please and don't right Google there, about that disease. <laughs> right there, that is a completely different mindset. Who survived? Who can I model? Who can I follow, right? You, as you've said, you have so many stories on your show of people who have beaten things. Yeah. Tap into your YouTube channel and look through that. I've got people on my podcast with stories like that. Yeah. Reach out to us because we have so many connections to other people and we can put you in touch with someone. And, you know, that's all it takes is if you know someone else has done it, you can do it too. And if you have something really, really obscure and maybe you can't find anybody else who's done it, well, there's always a first person. Yeah. And it's all about the mindset. If you believe you can heal, our body-mind connection is so strong. The body is literally a robot of the mind. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. If you believe you can heal, that starts the healing process. It does. Letting go of the fear, getting out of the stress state. Yes, there's steps to it. And uh, I read a book recently and I it 
it was about cancer. So radical remission by Dr. Kelly Turner, right? And in her book, she has nine steps to healing that she found that every single person she interviewed that had radical remission from cancer, they did to some degree. And as I read that, I went, that's the healing journey for every single person regardless, right? So it's looking at your nutrition. It's looking at your exercise. It's looking at your mindset. It's looking at your spirituality. It's looking at your community. Who's lifting you up and supporting you and believing in you and not filling you with fear, right? And yes, the people that are filling you with fear, they mean well. When somebody say they have a cancer diagnosis and they're choosing not to go the chemotherapy route, then they're going to have people tell them that they're crazy, But those people don't understand the healing process of the body the way the person that's choosing not to have chemotherapy does. Right. And so that person could say, this is my choice. It's my body. I know what I know. I've done my research and I'm doing this and stand strong in that power and surround themselves with other people who know the power of the body's ability to heal instead of having to list, you know, be in a group of people that are telling them they're doing it wrong. Right. People telling them they're doing it wrong are doing it out of love. They don't want to lose that person, but they've been yeah. there in a trance. Mode. Yeah. They're in the trance of fear and that there's only one way to heal. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, oh. Definitely get second opinions. And it comes down to my favorite saying, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Right. From Henry right. Ford. Yes, absolutely. Well, Melissa, this has been such a fascinating conversation. Uh, I'm going to play one of our commercials, which happens to be about a program that you have coming up, which is exactly in the coaching and teaching of hypnotherapy. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Or should I just go ahead and play that commercial? And then we're going to jump right in and you're going to hyper-focus on that and explain it a little deeper. Sure. Just go ahead and play the commercial and then we'll do that. Let's do it. Here we go on a ride. Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this? If so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? The power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis, break through all of that, working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in, to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want. They are thrilled with your coaching techniques. They're getting the results they want. You feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want. It's a win-win. And another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out Melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. It's a weekend designation program that I teach valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course and you can be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want. So I'm so pleased and excited to present that. And all of you, you can find out more 
either in the description of this show that you're listening to and or going to Melissa's website. And that is at www.yourguidedhealthjourney.com. Now, Melissa, one question that I have from this, and I'm so excited for your training, but is this just for coaches or is this for people who might want to just learn more in order to improve themselves and maybe those around them? This is for anyone, anyone. So it isn't just for coaches. However, I created that ad with coaches in mind simply because I thought from my past experience six, seven years ago, where I would be able to bring clients only so far and they'd hit a wall and I didn't have the tools to help them get through that wall because it was requiring the mind body tools to do that. I thought there might be other coaches having that experience that just need these tools to be able to get their clients to where they, the clients want to go. But literally this can be used by everyone. So coaches might want to go on and do the exam and become designated by the American Board of Hypnotherapy so that they can use this with their clients one-to-one and be recognized in 42 countries around the world. But you don't have to go on and write the exam. You can just take the course and then use this for yourself and with um, family members, but not paying clients if you haven't passed the exam. <laughs> I think I think it's so beneficial. You know, it's just another aspect of a tool. You know, stick that tool in your tool belt and exactly. be able to utilize that on your overall wellness journey. Because as we all know, as April likes to say and preach that wellness is under this massive umbrella. And so when we start to understand more and learn more about all of the different tiers and having those tools in our tool belt, it just gives us more resources, more insight to really learn and try things out that benefits us because we're all unique, we're all different, but we all absolutely have the same things, essentially, mind, body, spirit. And so we do have to take care of that, take care of the vessel and take care of our spiritual selves. Absolutely. And so something that you talked about before, and I never got a chance to answer was actually self hypnosis. And self hypnosis is a very real thing. And so the person that wants to maybe take this training to just use this for themselves, they absolutely can just like we can meditate ourselves, we can put our own selves into trance, we do it already. How powerful is that? Yeah. And so what I love to do is I will, you know, just use a recording in order to record the suggestions that I want to give to my unconscious mind. And I will just then sit back and relax and just listen and let that recording play. And that's how I love to do my own self hypnosis. I'm going to jump into that because I'm so pleased that you mentioned that I have heard many studies and it come up a lot that our, our own voice, as opposed to someone else's, is even more powerful for us as far as that suggestive. So when we do record ourselves, and maybe we have some pleasant music in the background, but just doing, you know, some whatever affirmations we deem, and however we want to speak to ourselves in the highest level, it, it just intensifies the, the stickiness, you know, let's say, yeah. or... Um, of the reprogramming of our mind. Yes. And that's also why I said earlier in the intake, it's really important that we're getting the client's own words for the suggestions, because that's also a piece of it as well, right? Because the unconscious mind is going to accept whatever 
it's already given us in the answers to those questions. Yeah. Right. So using your own voice in self-hypnosis is, is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And now this program, you are certified. Can you, I, I would love for you to highlight that a little bit more because I think that is truly key for people to have this understanding about the, the training this, that this is and what it brings, where it's from, the history of it and, and how legit it is. Yes. So this training, upon completion and writing the exam and passing, you can then be designated by the American Board of Hypnotherapy, which is the highest standard in North America. And it was developed by a fellow by the name of Dr. Al Krasner and Dr. Tad James. The two of them created this. And hypnotherapy was actually approved by the American Medical Association back in 1958. And I believe it was the following year that the American Board of Hypnotherapy was founded. So during the weekend training, it is very experiential. So the first night is a lot of learning just and, you know, undoing misnomers about hypnotherapy so people understand it. And then days two and three is a lot of practical so that you're developing your skills and practicing and, and we're building the neurology in your own mind about these tools and skills. And then the, the written and the theory is done afterwards. You have 30 days to read the textbook, write the exam in order to pass and then be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy. And you can then work one-to-one with clients using hypnotherapy in the realm of motivation. If you come to this as a doctor and you already have your medical degree, then you can also use it as a doctor. If you come as a therapist, you can also use it as a therapist. However, you don't have to have any qualifications at all, and you can come and do this training and then be allowed to use this one-to-one with your clients in behavioral change and the motivational field. And as I said earlier, that is the biggest field available. So don't feel like that's in any way limiting you. It is absolutely not. And I also want to share with you that the caliber of this training and your designation with the American Board of Hypnotherapy, you get to call yourself a hypnotherapist and you get a certification that you can hang on your wall. I've got some up here behind me. You will receive one of those yourself. And I now that's if and when you pass the training, right? We're not just going to give that away. When you pass the training, must pass the training, the practical and the written. And as I said, you don't have to do the written if you just want to use this for self and you don't want to become a member of the American Board of Hypnotherapy and use it with others. But I do want to say that I am aware of a colleague who did an eight-day training in the U.S. in 2022, and that training did not qualify him to be part of the American Board of Hypnotherapy. Wow. He is not allowed to call himself a hypnotherapist. And when we were talking... Yeah. And I called myself a hypnotherapist. He called called me out on that and said, you can't call yourself a hypnotherapist. I said, I absolutely can. Because mm-hmm. my training was created by the American Board of Hypnotherapy. And I'm trained to train that. And so my students get to be part of that caliber of organization. And I mm-hmm. figure if you're going to train in something, you might as well go with the best. Absolutely. I I know I'm definitely choose to go with the best. I always want to make sure that my training is backed by the best and it's certified and it's, you know, got all the bells and whistles because it matters to me when I talk to people, 
you know, all of those things that, that backs it. It's a, it's a sort of integrity. It's a sort of truth for me and it's a confidence within me. And honestly, if I'm going to go in and educate myself on something, I really do want the best of the best and the people that have had the most experience and the most, you know, science to back it, et cetera, because it just gives me that confidence to move forward with myself and with anyone else. So that's really exciting. I think that, you know, where this training is coming from is key. I also want to share with the audience that Manly and I have made the choice to be a part of this training. We're very looking forward to it. I'm so excited. I have had you on the show a few times, Melissa. And so I really love what you have to say, your experiences and your wisdom that you share with the audience. And so we're looking forward to that. So anybody else who wants to come play, you get some time with Manly and I and yours truly, Melissa. And I'm very excited to have you both in the program as well. And yeah, thank you for your kind words. And I just want to let the audience know that the program is actually on sale till the end of August and that I'm in Canada. So the pricing is in Canadian dollars, which gives every single person in the U.S. about a 30% discount on top of the discount that I'm already offering until August 31st. This is a very inexpensive program, particularly for people in the U.S. for a lifetime certification. Well, it was a no brainer for Manly and I because of that. Absolutely. I mean, when you have the backing that it has and and we just get to put this incredible tool in our tool belt. I've always been very curious about it. And with all of the things that I've learned on my wellness journey, our, our mind and our subconscious is, you say it differently, not subconscious. Unconscious. Unconscious is just so powerful. And so it, it matters to learn more, to have a better understanding and so definitely a no-brainer for us. We're excited to have it. Melissa, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience today? I just would love to say thank you very much for having me on the show again. Any opportunity I have to be able to educate and empower people on their health journey and have them realize how much they can do for themselves and not to give up their power to another person to not even think that they need to be fixed. We're not broken. There's always solutions and there's many ways to find those solutions. And we have powerful healing modalities that you may not be aware of. And so every opportunity you give me to share that April, I really appreciate it. I love that. Thank you. I like to say that people who want to heal research those who have healed. And so you and I are both testimony for that. Thank you again for being on the show. And thank you so much for offering this incredible no brainer opportunity to the audience. Reminder to all of you, this is only three weeks away. So if this is something that's resonating with you, jump on that and get registered. We're so excited to see you in the room and to put this tool belt tool in your tool belt so you can utilize it and apply it for your better self in your wellness journey. So thank you so much for those of you who are tuning in. We're excited to have you. And for those of you who are watching the replay, thank you. If you have any questions, we would love to see them in the comments section below. And uh, in fact, we have a comment. Manly says, should you say unconscious brainer? (laughs) Unconscious no brainer. 
Uh, we need you to be conscious because you do actually need to register. <laughs> so we need it in your awareness, but it may be intuition that's popping up saying you should do this. Listen to that. So the listen initial part might be unconscious. Have the awareness, listen to the intu intuition and then consciously choose to register. <laughs> I love that. Thank you again, Melissa, for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show. It's been an honor to have you. Thanks for having me. Right. Goodbye for now.